Welcome back to the podcast, guys. I'm your host, Jesse Martinez. You're listening to Calvary Connect. We are doing a lot of good things here with the show. Um, The response of people wanting to come on and share their stories has been amazing. And the interview that we have for you today is by a missionary that is actually supported by uh, Calvary Community Church of Tampa. And his name is Tyler Hamby. And he just got married and he and his wife, Grace, came on to the show. And they're excited to share with you their ministry, how they came to put their trust in Jesus Christ, why they serve, and what they're looking to do in the future. So if you've got time, this is a good one. You're listening to Calvary Connect. Let's get to the interview. Welcome to the podcast. We have Tyler and Grace Hamby from Georgia. They're an item now. Just got married, right? Yeah. Dude. A week and a half ago. That's crazy. And how long did you propose? How long ago did you propose? Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Yikes. Two weeks ago today. Two weeks ago today, really? I guess so, yeah. That's crazy. And Grace, where are you from? I'm from Louisiana. Well, it's great to have you guys on. Tyler is actually one of my very best friends. My wife, Kyla, is in the room, too. This is a first for her on the podcast. You probably won't hear her, but she's here in spirit. Right, babe? Yep. Okay. <laughs> so we wanted to get together and get you guys on the podcast because you guys have a great story, much like many of the people that are on the show. But, you know, the point of this is to encourage people and really make people aware of, you know, what you guys are doing with your lives. So let's just start from the very beginning, from when you were born. Okay, we'll go that far back. No, I'm just kidding. But maybe tell us, you know, each one of you, tell us how you came to put your trust in Jesus. In your first? Sure. Um, I grew up in a Christian church, um, in a Christian home. Um, and one day, uh, the week before Easter, uh, my Sunday school teacher started talking about um, Jesus dying on the cross. And it kind of hit me then that um, Jesus was perfect. And he, in my mind, he didn't deserve to die because he was perfect. So when I got home, I um, went and sat on my dad's lap and I asked him why Jesus needed to die if he was perfect. And he explained to me that it was because Jesus was perfect that he needed to die, um, which that didn't make any sense whatsoever. So I asked him more questions and um, basically he explained that because we are imperfect, we deserve to go um, to hell and be separated from God forever. Um, But because um, God loves us so much, he gave us um, his son as a sacrifice and because he was perfect and spotless he was able to take our sins upon himself um and so that whenever he explained that it really um clicked to me um why Jesus came why he died um and so um hearing that um made me want to um trust in him as my savior so it was first or second grade I've never really heard it from that perspective Mm -hmm. before that's pretty interesting about his perfection although it's a very well-known point I'd never heard it you know told that way like that was one of the things that made somebody, you know, made you think, well, why did he have to die if he was perfect? But it's true. And that's the only reason why he was able to do what he did. He was fully God, fully man. And I mean, I'm glad he was perfect because if he wasn't, he'd have his own sin to pay for. And how old were you when you trusted? Uh, first or second grade. First or second grade. All right, Tyler, how about you? Have you trusted Christ as your Savior? I have, yes. Okay, let's see. Uh, well, my great-grandmother... Um, when I was eight years old, she gave me a heaven tract, which is like a little piece of paper that has the gospel written in it. And 
she gave a little heaven track to me on the way to church one morning. I don't remember anything that happened in that church. Uh, but I remember the car ride, and I remember uh, receiving that tract. And I read through it, or she said that I read through it, and um, at the end of it, there's like a little spot where it has, it's not John 3.16, but it says, I, and it has a blank, and it says, believed on, or, yeah, I blank, believed or I blank trusted in Jesus as my Savior. And in the blank, I put just. <laughs> I didn't know I was supposed to put my name, but she had, she read through the track with me. I still had that track too. She you read, do? Yeah, I do. It's oh her, man! When she when my great grandmother died, she willed her Bible to me. And it was in there. And it was in that Bible. Did you know that? Yeah, she showed it. Oh, to me okay. That's pretty she kept cool. A hold of it. But anyway, um, she read through that track with me to make make sure I understood that. I was a sinner, and there's no way I can work um, my way to heaven or pay for my own sin, um, but that the payment for sin is death, and Jesus loved me, and he died for that sin uh, and paid the price for it, and that by believing that he died for me and trusting that alone, I could know I'm going to heaven when I died. And so at eight years old, I trusted Christ as my Savior, but I didn't grow up in a church setting. Um, so I was just a normal public school kid growing mm-hmm. up. And after a while, it, I just kind of forgot about that. And if you're in my teenage years, if you were to ask me, hey, Tyler, where are you going to go when you die? I would say, I don't know, I hope heaven. And mm-hmm. I had no clue. And then every now and then, I would visit a friend of mine's church. And I remember specifically one time going to a, a friend of mine's youth group and just kind of being confused about salvation. And this guy asked the, the group of kids to... Um, pray a prayer to receive Jesus and and I don't remember what I don't remember all what he said but I remember there was nothing that had to do with Jesus dying on a cross in that prayer and but all I knew is that oh I think I'm saved you know but if mm-hmm. you were to ask hey are you going to heaven I would have said I don't know I didn't <laughs> even know what saved meant I just knew yeah. he said I was and uh, so I was confused about salvation and about Jesus and what it took to go to heaven uh, but when I was 17 I decided to go back to the church that my great-grandmother went to. And so on a Sunday, I went with her and Freddie Coyle. Uh, I don't know if, if who's listening knows who he is, but he's an evangelist. He travels. He has camps. I'm on staff at his camps. But he was there that Sunday, and he presented the gospel with a wallet um, in a way that I had never heard it before. And he went through the gospel, and it was kind of coming back to me what it all meant. But what made the difference was at the very end, um, he shared 1 John 5.13, and that verse says, um, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. And that verse right there really um, nailed it down for me when I heard that. Okay, I know I'm going to heaven. It's not by prayer I made. It's not by good works that I've done uh, or church attendance. It's not by things but it's what Jesus did on the cross for me, and yeah. I trusted that. And um, so I was, I, was very, I was assured that day. I didn't re-get saved or anything like that. I was saved when I was eight, but I just lost that assurance because I forgot. Um, but at 17, I understood, and I was assured, I'm going to heaven when I die. You know, I think there's a lot of people that have a similar story to yours in that they didn't grow up a Christian, but somebody reached them at a young age like a wanna, or maybe it was a parent or something, and then later on down the road, 
they got it nailed down. It was like brought to their remembrance that I had trusted in this before and they got that assurance, so to speak. So, yeah. And it was my great grandmother who told me about what happened when I was eight. I had a few conversations with her when I was confused at that kind of confused stage of um, salvation, what it was. And that's when she showed me that track. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, wow, this is pretty cool. I didn't know that. And then it wasn't long after that that I went to the church with her and was assured and so what is your motivation for serving the Lord? Because, you know, there's a lot of people, they get saved. You know, we, our, our church does Friday night soul winning, and we reach, you know, 10 or 15 people sometimes in, in one soul winning event. And those are 10 or 15 new Christians, but not a lot of people actually go and serve the Lord with their lives. So can you share with the listeners, you share with us, What's your motivation for serving the Lord? Like, why are you guys in Christian service today? I can go first. Uh, grace. God's grace. Um, and I know that's a very general thing, but everything kind of comes out from that, I, I believe, in my life. Um, God's grace that saved me, that redeemed me, is my motivation and why I want to serve Him because of what He did for me, ultimately. Uh, through dying on a cross for me, through saving me by faith, um, also through the daily grace that He gives me of living and breathing. Those that that grace that God gives is my motivation for serving. Where would I be without it? I would not be a happy person, I'm sure. So yeah. that is my motivation is is God's grace for sure. How long have you been serving? Uh, well, after I trusted, or no, after I was 17 and I was assured of my salvation, I continued to go to that church. And, um, is that Northside? Northside, Northside Church Baptist Church. In Athens, Georgia. Y'all look it up if you're in the area. It's a great ministry. Mm -hmm. um, I was invited to go to the youth group. Uh, and so me, I invited a friend of mine named Justin, who was a student later on at the Bible College we went to. We're really good friends, me, Justin, and Jesse. But I invited Justin. We started going to, the, to their youth ministry at the, at the church there. Uh, every Wednesday, we started going every Sunday. We, start, we started going on Wednesday nights because... Uh, the rock ministry, which the youth group was on Fridays. And then we started going on Sunday nights. So we were in church that by, I don't know, a month later when I started going there in January of 2011 when I was 17. We, within a month, me and him were going on Sunday mornings, Sunday nights, Wednesday nights. So you getting plugged Friday in. Friday nights, yeah, we got plugged in. <laughs> and um, we, we love the people and we, we were really, it's, it's the message of the gospel that really pulled us in too. Uh, but I was in, the church invited us to go to a camp called Camp Grace, which is at Grace Farm. And so me and my buddy, Justin, went and we started learning more about sharing the gospel, uh, learning more about serving the Lord or, or doing what God wants us to do. And that week we were both challenged um, to dedicate our lives to the Lord. We were already saved and we're not dedicating our lives to be saved or to stay saved. But we were encouraged to dedicate our lives to the Lord, to serve Him. Um, and that week, both of us, we decided, okay, God, wherever you want us to go, whatever you want us to do, whenever, uh, I want to be there. God, I want to do what you want me to do. So I dedicated my life to the Lord in 2011 um, and had ups and downs. A lot of people do the rededication thing, but what it took for me was kind of realizing, okay, I made a commitment to God and mm -hmm. I'm going to mess up. So I don't have to rededicate my life each time I mess up, but I just need to realize the commitment I made to the Lord and get back on track. Yeah, get just off get track. back on the ball. And um, so it was since 2011 that I started that 
um, adventure of serving the Lord and a lot of learning. The church, the camp, and later the college really helped me get grounded in my Bible and um, care about sharing the gospel with lost people and teaching me how to do those things and living my life according to how God wants me to live. And where did you say you went to college? Florida Bible College at Tampa. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I knew where he went, but I just wanted yeah. you to mention that because, I mean, I think that that four years of college where I met you and I met Justin and all of our professors and we learned, like, those are probably the four most important years of my life because yeah. it, it, like, set us up, you know, for, like, success outside of, you know, just going to school for four years, but... That's good, man. And there's another thing I want to comment on, and then Grace will have you share your service with the Lord. But when you said the rededication thing, that I think that's important. You know, we serve the Lord. It's there's going to be mountaintop moments, and there's going to be dark valley moments. But there, the commitment is what we just need to renew. It's not a big rededication ceremony or like this big thing we have to like say this huge prayer and stuff. It's just. If you fall off track, it's getting back on the ball, doing the basic things you know you're supposed to do. A lot of people might not know that, but it's really just that simple. When you make the decision to serve the Lord, it's I want to do what I can with what you've given me, and that's not going to be 100% all the time. You have to remember, too, that he encourages us, he forgives us, and like you said, your whole purpose is grace, God's grace. And you married a grace. Yeah. That I don't know. What do you think about that? Yeah. Pretty work, interesting. I'm a missionary at Grace Farm. Huh? I love God's grace and mm-hmm. a married grace. And she is technically God's grace. Yeah. She made, or he made <laughs> grace. Yeah. All right, Grace, since you're the topic right now, <laughs> tell us about yourself. Tell us about your service to the Lord. Um, I, like I said, I, I grew up in a, a Christian home. Um, and I remember when I was probably about um sixth grade I saw my dad um read his bible um just in our house which he did that um frequently but I guess just just this one particular moment I actually noticed what he was doing like he was studying the word um and I just remember thinking like oh man like I I feel like I should um study God's word like just for myself not because my parents are making me or not because um I go to a Christian church um, but because, like, I actually want to, to know the Lord better. Um, so I started reading um, just little bits at a time. And, um, yeah, so as I as I read more, um, I, I noticed I started reading just to get it done after a little while. And I was like, mm. you know what, that's not, that's not why I initially started. So I um, kind of challenged myself, like, each time I um, was going to read um, in the Bible, like, I, I would pray that the Lord would teach me just one thing about himself. Um, and so I started trying to like take notes if I noticed something about God and I have different like uh, little symbols that mean different things, like just about different, like different aspects of God's character. So that was um, just what I really desired as I started um, studying the Bible was just to see who God is. Um, and the more and more I've gotten to know him, the more I realize I don't know a lot about him and the more I want to know about him and the more I want to um, study his word and study who he is. Um, and it just, it gives me a deeper love and appreciation for, for him. Um, in my 
seventh grade year of high school or so, um, I walked into my, my bedroom and my sister was in there and she was crying, which my sister's very um, reserved, I guess I would say. She's very, not hard in a bad way, but she just doesn't show Internal. a whole lot of, yeah, she yeah. doesn't show a whole lot of emotion. But she was crying in, in my room. I was like, what, you know, what, what's going on? <laughs> and she was just like, Jesus. And I was like, well, what do you mean? She's like, he, he died for us. And I was like, yeah, oh. we, we know that. Like, we, we've learned that. And she's like, yeah, but you don't understand. Like, he, he died for us. Like, we're terrible people. And he died for us. Like, his love is amazing. Mm. And I remember I didn't quite fully understand, like, why that brought her to tears. But I remember thinking that I wanted to get to that point. Um, of just being in amazement of God's love. And so I, I walked away and I was like, Lord, um, please let me understand your love like to the way like the way that my sister Anna does. Um, and so I, like the more, like I said, the more I read his word and the more um, I actually like listened to sermons and more, wasn't just in church, to be in church, but like was listening to like what the pastors were saying, um, the more I started understanding, like Tyler was talking about like his grace for us um and that really motivated me um to live out my faith um not because I have to but because that demonstrates my thankfulness to him I guess um and there was a really neat teen training program that I was a part of in high school called SWAT and stands for Servants Worthy and True um and basically it's a, it's a training program to teach um students how to um serve God by serving people and so that was very very fundamental um I think in my my walk with the Lord um so I think now um I guess like what encourages me to to serve the Lord is just that relationship that I have with him like on days where I haven't spent um time in the word or haven't been praying like I can <laughs> physically feel a difference and spiritually feel a difference and mm -hmm. emotionally feel a difference um just because he he's my best friend and it's it's like if you haven't talked to your your best friend or your parents or someone that you're very close to in a while like you can feel um that lack of connection um and so yeah I just I enjoy doing things um I don't know. I don't know where, where my last sentence was going to go. But I, <laughs> I enjoy I enjoy my time with him. Um, and I enjoy being able to do things um, that he's um, encouraged us to do in his word, like like sharing the gospel or um, serving people and things like that. Wow, that story about your sister reading and being impacted by the truth that's in God's word, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. I think that is what would help people serve longer. His love. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, and I think a lot of our listeners may understand this, sometimes church is rules. And it's like rules that are laid out. And if you follow these rules, then you'll be holy. Well, that's something called legalism. And that doesn't lead to the joy, the peace of God that passes all understanding that we see in Philippians 4. And the joy of like what the Apostle Paul had. But what you were saying that your sister experienced was recognizing how deep his love is for us mm -hmm. and how it it is not it's it's un, it's unconditional i mean there's, there's nothing is there anything in the world like that like his love there's nothing i mean even i mean 
from a from a comedic standpoint, one would say like a buffet, right? But uh, no, you gotta pay for that buffet. You gotta you gotta make sure, and uh, you can't eat everything at the buffet. I've tried. Just kidding. That's not true. But I mean, God's love—it's never ending. It costs us nothing. It costs Him everything in the sacrifice of His Son, and He willingly did that for us, whether we believe or not. He offered that to us, and I I think that was a really good part there. Good story. Yeah, I'd like to add. Um, what I was saying, uh, it's came to mind after I was finished, but um, I would say another reason outside of God's grace on, on what got me into serving the Lord uh, was older guys in our church who served the Lord, and I saw that. And they kind of pulled me in, and also Justin, and we got to see by example and by their teaching on, on how to serve the Lord, how to share the gospel, what it looks like to, to live a life for the Lord, what it looks like to be a, a godly father or a godly husband. Mm-hmm. And um, like I remember sitting in church every Sunday, I would sit beside this guy named Shannon Strickland. Who's, I love that guy. He's been such a huge help in my ministry and just from so many other things. And I remember I would sit beside him in church and he would have this ruler and pen, and when he would underline verses in the in his Bible, he would use that. His his underlined verses are so neat. And I remember, like, I would I would ask him to borrow his ruler, <laughs> yeah. borrow his pen, and he eventually bought me a little ruler and a pen. And so, like, my first Bible has the neatest underlined things. But um, <laughs> I would sit beside him every single Sunday, and every single Sunday night I would sit beside him. Um, and also a guy named Tim King. After our youth um, youth event or youth group, we would have. Uh, we would go back to his house and and stay the night. Uh, he had he had a, a son named Caleb, who's a good friend of ours, who's around our age. And so after every Friday night, we would go to Caleb's house, and Tim was there, and Tim was the leader of, of that group, of our youth group then. And we would go there to hang out with Caleb, but it would always turn into some kind of like long conversation where Tim did most of the talking, but it was about the Bible, or it was about life and ministry. And mm. we would just sit and listen to this guy. And Freddie Cole and, and his, his influence on our lives and, and watching him teach and being around him at camps. And, and a guy named John Hembry who, is, who will witness to anything. And he would bring us along on those trips where he would share the gospel with people and, and push us to help us do that. These guys who, who just stood for God's grace and, and served the Lord and allowed us to observe them and uh, take in what they did. I would say that's another reason outside of God's grace, which is the main reason but I'll say that's another reason on, on why I'm serving the Lord today. And, you know, this is like a good transition into the work that both of you uh, have done or are currently doing, where now you guys get to be that person in someone else's life. Yeah. Isn't that like, are you, yeah. did you just get chills thinking about that? No, no, it's just like, I'm already thinking of examples of how that's happened. And, and it's even crazy. in the moment that's happened, I'm like, wow, like, this is. <laughs> I'm like one of those guys who are in my life, you know? It makes you so thankful for the people that decided to serve the Lord. Yeah. And how God used them to encourage you to do the same thing. And now God is using you to do that in another person's life. Yeah. I mean, God's plan is just above anything that we could set in motion. So tell us about the ministries you guys are involved in. Um, I think, Grace, you're with a camp... Um, or you you were like raised in a in in a summer camp called Camp Pearl in Louisiana. Basically, yeah. My my 
parents would go out um, to Camp Pearl and volunteer every summer um, at a small little camp called Camp Pearl uh, in Reeves, Louisiana. Um, and it was it was fun getting to be like the kid that got to go around camp. Um, all the other kids campers were um, doing activities or whatever and had their schedule. We got to kind of run around <laughs> and play, <laughs> which was neat. Um, and another camp called Bertram Bob Bible Camp um, in Oklahoma. And um, the, both of those camps, um, their main goal was to share the gospel, um, to clearly share the gospel. Um, and so um, it was really neat getting to be not raised in that environment because it was only like during the summertime, but basically um, that was something that we looked forward to every summer um, and hearing different speakers and hearing different people um, share the gospel. It was the same gospel that Jesus died for our sins and he rose from the dead. If we believe that, we have eternal life. It was always the same gospel, but they just explain it um, just using all different sorts of passages from the Bible or sharing their own personal testimony. Um, and that's how we got connected with Freddie, um, Freddie Coyle. Um, so yeah, that was that was a really neat um, thing that we looked forward to. And then one year I got to finally become a camper. Um, and after being a camper, I got to be a SWAP member for four years. And then from back there, I went to being a summer server, which was kind of like a counselor type of role. Um, and that was my favorite year of camp, probably. Um, just getting to be in the cabin um, with all the different girls and um, do one-on-ones with them. Um, we got we were encouraged to have one-on-one conversations with all of our campers um, and just make sure that they understood the gospel and if they didn't explain it to them, um, and then if they did understand the gospel, um, just to check in on them, how they, how they've been doing spiritually throughout the year and see how we could pray for them, um, in the coming year or that moment. Um, and it was just, it was, um, something that I, I really, really, um, loved m- much more than I even thought that I would. And that was something I had always looked forward to as a kid growing up. Um, and then the year after that was whenever I, I did the activities for that year, um, and that was more stretching for me because I'm not very good at being on stage and <laughs> being <laughs> loud. Um, but it was it was a very, very amazing um, year um, at camp um, because it made me much more dependent on the Lord because um, it was much more out of my comfort zone. But it was really neat to see how he um, worked through me and just other people at the camp. Um, and I got to um, do a lot of one-on-ones with like campers outside of ones that would have just been in my cabin. And so that was really neat. Um, I got to meet Tyler more that year. So that was also really, really cool. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're really cool, man. <laughs> that, was, that was really neat um, getting to do that. Um, and even just seeing like how camp is run kind of from a more, um, I don't know what the right word would be, like a different perspective. It wasn't as like a counselor as a camper but from more of an administration perspective so that was really um neat to get to see all of that and see how camp is kind of run so that's where that's where I spent my summers but I will be spending my summers at Grace Farm (laughs) and you guys met through Grace Farm and Camp Pearl like coming at a crossing right with Freddie Coyle right sort of yeah so then Tyler what are you involved with? What ministry are you involved with? Focus Evangelistic Ministries. Uh, and under that umbrella of that organization, uh, when Freddie Cole is the president of that organization, under that umbrella is Grace Farm. And Grace Farm is a training facility 
uh, and our goal is to advance the gospel. Our goal is, is, is basically to win the lost and train the saved. Um, our, our focus is to our focus is the younger generation. Get the younger generation in yeah. and share the gospel with them. Um, tell them that they can know the have eternal life by trusting Jesus as their Savior and then teaching them what the Bible says about how to live their lives and also teaching them how to share the gospel effectively and with clarity. Uh, and I am a product of that ministry. Um, and so after going through camps and learning more, I had the opportunity to go to Florida Bible College in Tampa. And so I was there for four years. And in the, in the, I, mean, I kind of knew that I wanted to be involved with camps yeah. and that I wanted to be involved with Grace Farm through those four years. There were some periods where I thought, oh, what about this or what about that? Um, but by my senior year, I was like, okay, I'm, I want to go back to Grace Farm. I want to be a part of that. And so when I graduated from college, I went back to Georgia and I had a conversation with Freddie and talked to him about my interest in being involved with the ministry there. And I interned with him uh, for a year. I uh, went through an internship with him through Focus Evangelistic Ministries, learned a lot about ministry, learned a lot about Grace Farm and the vision we have there. And then after that year of that internship, uh, I jumped on staff. And I, I got on staff and I probably, <laughs> my support was very, very, very small. I mean, <laughs> it was mostly dependent on my parents. <laughs> but, Thank God for your parents. Yeah, I, yes, for sure. <laughs> I knew that God wanted me at Grace Farm, and I was so excited for that. And so when that opportunity came about, about being on staff, I did it. And um, I'm so glad I did. I, I know that's where God wants me. I know that's where God still wants me. Um, and so that's where I'm at now. My supporters raised some, and, and uh, so that's, that's where I'm at now. Is, is I'm on staff with Focus Evangelistic Ministries, and I have a focus on Grace Farm and help the ministry there. I'm, I'm on the property Throughout the week, working on projects, building the property up. We're working on a building now that can double the amount of kids we have. It'll give us a new dining hall, a kitchen, office rooms. Um, it's definitely a vision out there. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's beautiful. And, and we're at the point now where we're finishing up that building, and we want to do more. We're adding more events through the summer. Coronavirus has been um, kind of a bump yeah. in the road with those plans. Uh, but, Lord willing, we want to do more with uh, Grace Farm. And I love camp ministry. Man, I love camp ministry. Um, and so, do we move now to how we met? Yeah. Uh, that's, yeah <laughs> I know absolutely. you're asking kind of that. I want to so. comment on something that both of yeah. you guys said, because I think it's like a good blend. It's a good mix. Grace, you had said you were involved in a ministry that was focused on clarity, making sure that the, not just any gospel was given, but the clear gospel was given. And your focus, Tyler, is on a ministry of taking that same message and reaching young people. And both of you guys have, you know, now come together, I think, as just a third party, you know, outside watching how this all got set up. I can see, and I'm sure, Kyla, you can see too, how God just brought you guys together. So tell us about that. Yeah. How did you guys meet? And now you're married. Yeah. <laughs> so Freddie, like I said, it, she travels he travels in churches, he, he, he preaches, but he also goes to a lot of camps and speaks at camps. And one of those camps was Camp Pearl, uh, the camp that Grace goes to. Her brother's an, an assistant director there. Uh, the main director is Don Barrett, a great guy. Um, so, <laughs> Freddie speaks at Camp Pearl, and two, three years ago, two years ago, two years ago, 2018, yeah. Two years ago, uh, 
Freddie put in a good word for me at this camp, and I'm so grateful for that. Mm-hmm. And I got a call from Sam Buzzard, which is her brother, the assistant director. Sam's there. a great guy. Yeah. And, Sam um, Buzzard, man. He talked to me about coming to Camp Pearl and being a missionary of the week and share what I do for the Lord at my ministry at Grace Farm with the kids throughout that week. Uh, and then, yeah, that, that was the opportunity. And then Freddie goes for two weeks, and so that second week I helped out in the cabin. Uh, I just volunteered in the cabin as kind of a helper to the main summer server who's like a counselor. So that year I went, and um, I met Grace, but I thought she was like in high school. Mm-hmm. And so it never crossed my mind about dating her or anything. I'd actually joke with my friend who was also there about like, hey, <laughs> look at this girl. Like, you should date her or something. I don't know what I said. That's... Sounds weird. Anyway, <laughs> anyway um, I definitely noticed her, though, and because she was with her, those kids all the time. You would see her in those one-on-one conversations with these kids, and that was super encouraging to me because, like, you saw her care for these kids and where they're going to go when they die in their lives and things. And also the way she served people, the way she, she served at the camp um, was something I, I just, it's, you don't see that very often. And that definitely caught my eye as well. And um, like I said, I didn't, I didn't think anything about that. Uh, so a year went by, and I got invited to go back to Camp Pearl as a missionary of the week during one of the weeks there. So I went, and I was with my friend again, and, and I saw Grace again. And, and um, I was like, man, there she is. Like, you should really talk to her, you know? <laughs> like, I, and I think one comment I made was, man, if I were you, I would have married her last year. And uh, anyway, so he kind of started switching the thing around and would mess with me about it. I'm like, no, she's too young. And then I found out how old she was. I was like, oh, but that's still kind of too young. You know, she's 19. I'm, I'm 25. Like, I don't know. And um, so then there was one day at lunch where we were eating and Grace was there and her brother Sam was there. And my buddy, I, I don't know if I should say his name. I'll just say his name. He's my friend. Josiah Coyle. Uh, he knew this idea in my head. It was like, age difference too big and so I thought he, it was just that yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah and so he said hey Sam uh what's the age difference between your parents and he was like 10 years and then Josiah like kicked my leg and so at that moment I was like okay maybe Let me, I'm gonna start praying about this and thinking about this a little more and so I started like observing her more that's so weird to say but I just started thinking about that more and <laughs> I remember there was one day where she was walking to, like, the dining hall. And up until then, we had some conversations like, hey, how's it going? A little passing conversation. Introductory. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, but I saw her walking towards the dining hall, and she had, like, two mops and a mop bucket. Mm-hmm. And she had just got done cleaning up, like, <laughs> an overflowed toilet with, you know, what in it or whatever. Hey, that's what it is. Anyway, but she was the only one walking back with that so she had done that herself i mean no one that's it was just she volunteered for that she didn't complain she was walking back like happy like she's serving the lord do you remember that grace yeah well it was weird so the swat were in a swap meeting and he was in there as well um and i had my walkie talkie on me and my brother sam was leading the swap meeting he was um t- like I don't remember giving them encouragement or giving like telling them what their jobs were for that night or something like that. Anyway, um, it was close to wrapping up, but they still probably had about 10 minutes. And the message came on the walkie-talkie. Uh, one of the girls summer servers was like, 
hey, a toilet's overflowing, you got the toilet, like, wa- like wa- the water's off, but there's stuff all over the floor, can you send a couple of SWAT girls? Um, and Sam was like, okay, yeah, like, we're almost done with our meeting. She was like, no, we need, th- like, we need it now. And I was like, here, just let me go, because I did not need to be in the meeting. Um, I was just there, because, and so I went on down. Um, I, I cleaned it up, and the, the summer server girl, she helped me some, and um, we st- I, well, I headed back up. She had to stay with her campers. And I had done that multiple times before because I had been a SWAT member. Like, that was not my first time carrying a mop bucket um, back up. But that, that day I was like, man, this is just really heavy. I wish that someone was here to help me. And I was like, no, it's okay. I'm almost to the diner. I'll be fine. I can make it. And then that's whenever Tyler and another SWAT boy came. And I was like, oh, God, thank you. I was hoping that someone would help me. Um, <laughs> and that's whenever he was like, hey, do you need some help? And I was like, yeah, that would be great. Yeah, I, but, we, we were trained. Yeah. If you see... A girl with trash in her hand walking towards a trash can or something like that. Like, you you run and offer to help. Kindness. Yeah, and so, like, I Being remember seeing her and I was like, hey, Michael, let's go help, let's, let's go help Grace. And so, yeah, we ran over there and helped her. And we brought it to the kitchen. It was pretty disgusting. I mean, just and joking along, like, what was happening. Anyway, <laughs> but, I mean, I definitely noticed her. She's doing this job that no one else wants to do, and she's happy about it. She's serving more with it. Mm-hmm. And so, our, our first, like big conversation and this was the first week I was there this this second year I went um, when I kind of started thinking about her more um, we just had a conversation cleaning poopy mops <laughs> like cleaning them out like it was so disgusting and I had never done something like that I mean I've done I've cleaned toilets and like that but I've never washed something special about doing that yeah. Uh, anyway, it was pretty gross but we had a great time and a great conversation that just asked each other like hey what do you want to do or what are you doing or like about each other's lives and um so yeah then after that I definitely started thinking about that more and we talked more um and I even yeah I prayed about it talked to people about it and at the end of that week the next week I was going to be the missionary speaker and uh I talked to her brother I was like hey man I just want you to know like this is really on my on my mind and I don't want this next week to be consumed with what does she think of me if I when I'm in the class and she's there, I don't want to be this kind of like, I don't want to say things because I want to impress. Like, I want to teach these kids. I need this up in mind, but I just want you to, like, pray for me for this because I am also, like, really thinking about this, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that week went by, and, and it was good. And after that week, I was supposed to go home, but there are some other reasons why I wanted to stay a little bit longer and help out an extra week. <laughs> and uh, God's grace. Yeah. <laughs> so I stayed that extra week. And had more conversations with her. And at the end of that week, on the last after camp, that Friday, we, I was at her brother's house with her, and and um, we were talking about life and ministry and things. And then I told her about my interest in her, and uh, <laughs> it was mutual at the time. And that was good to hear. Yeah. And uh, I remember you calling me. I don't know when it was. Yeah, it was one of those days of that week. You called me, and you were like, "Dude." I think I found my wife. And I was like, what? What do you mean? <laughs> and you were just like, over the moon, talking about Grace Buzzard, now Grace Hamby. Yeah. <laughs> and so you guys got married. Yeah, yeah. So we, yeah, so we long distant relationshiped it uh, mm-hmm. for a little over a year. Mm-hmm. And then she would come visit me or I'd come and visit her. And then this past summer, she came to Grace Farm and served in our camps. And um, 
I mean, there was just something in my mind, like, I, I, this is probably going to be the girl I marry. Like, she, and I, I told her on that night, on that last night, that she was outstanding, because I couldn't think of a word to describe her. But in like, That's a good word. In that word, like, you think of the word outstanding, so she stands out. Yeah. Like, there's others, but she stands out. That's a good word. And, uh, and that just held true that whole year. And, I mean, there's just, there's no comparing that you could do. She definitely stood out. So, um, I just kind of knew this program, This is the girl I, I think I want to marry. And so at the end of that summer, when she went back to Louisiana after camp, which was this year, just a few months ago. Yeah. I was like, all right, <laughs> I prayed about this, and I want to marry her. This is definitely from the Lord. Just the way this has worked out, our interests, all these things, like this, I, I believe this is where God is leading me. Um, I, I believe God leads his children through circumstances, his word, and wise counsel. And those three things just were confirming to, to do this. And so uh, as soon as she left, I went to my mom and I said, hey, do you think I could have my great-grandmother's ring? <laughs> and like I said earlier, my great-grandmother is the one who led me to the Lord. And I wanted, if, if I could marry someone... I wanted to use that ring. And also, Grace reminds me of my great-grandmother in that love for his word. I grew up seeing my great-grandmother read the Bible. And when I see Grace read her Bible, it's like I just think I make that connection. And so I got that ring. And, yeah, I knew I was going to propose. In my head, it was like within the next two years probably. Next two years. I'm going to propose to her. And uh, we had already had conversations about marriage and and. Um, but never like, okay, when we get married or we're going to do this, it was always like, if we do, you know, we wanted to be careful on how we used our words. Um, it's pretty wise. Yeah. And so after she went back, I had more conversation with her about that. Like if we did this, or I wanna be, like, anyway, I don't remember when I told her I wanted to marry her, but it was somewhere around there. Cause I, I messed up. I did what you're not supposed to do. And I told her that I was going to propose to her at some point. And then I wanted to marry her. And I eventually even said I had a ring. It was horrible of me. I should have... I know people it's are so right, disappointed. Man. <laughs> uh, but what my, my concern was like finances. Because I was like, I can't marry her if we're going to be like homeless, you know? Because you're on support right um, now. Yeah, yeah. And it was, it was low. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was getting by with my nose barely above water. So I was like, I can't support someone else. Uh, but I, I, was, I was praying about it. I just wanted to be married to her. I knew that was what God wanted me to do. What God wanted me to do, and so I started going impatient. And um, that's what I said. Oh yeah, yeah. So one of the thing was finances. So a friend of mine told me about this budgeting app. So I got it on my phone and I looked it over with her. I was like, one of the things I want to make sure. It's like, what's that number we need to make sure that we don't become homeless? And even like in <laughs> conversations with other. People like other wise counsel when I tell them, oh yeah, I just want to make sure I have money or I want to make sure this. They're like, man, if you're waiting for that right time or if you set that goal, like you can't set those kind of goals. Like you just can't do that. Um, and when I was talking, like it sounds like you're ready right now. Like you just go for it, go for it. And it's so surprising to hear that from some of those guys who I just had no idea they would even say something like that. But we looked at the finances. We spent about a week thinking of a budget, and I saw that number, and I was like, that's doable. That's like within reach so now two years became two days two years became a year and a half and then it was like a year and then when our last camp ended our at grace farm which was wild camp which is a few weeks ago 
Uh, it ended on the Thursday, and I was like, all right, if she sees me, she knows I'm going to propose. So as soon as camp ended, I went home. I remember you called me. <laughs> yeah. As you were driving out to Louisiana. Yeah, as soon as camp ended, I went home, slept for three hours, and then left Georgia at 9 p.m. <laughs> and drove to, straight to Louisiana and got there around 10 a.m. Wow. And <laughs> talked to her brother. She was babysitting her, his kids at, at his house. And he works in an office on the he lives on the property there. So he kinda called his kids to his office and so she was at her house by herself. So I went and knocked on the door and she opened it and was frozen and didn't say anything. I think she was very surprised and I was <laughs> glad because I messed up every other thing. So I like I gotta make sure this is a, a surprise. So we walked to this bridge area and had some conversations on the way there just about kind of marriage and what that looked like and asked a few questions and then in my head on that drive there, I had it all planned out. What I was going to say, what I was going to do, it's going to be great. Of course. But when I got there, poof, it just disappeared. <laughs> and I don't even know what I said. I pro- I like got on my knee for like two seconds. I didn't even stay there for that long. And like my hands putting the ring on her finger was so shaky. I don't remember what I said, but I know I did ask her to marry me. And she said yes. That's what I remember. <laughs> Grace, do you remember what he said? He basically was telling me like he was sure like he had thought about it and he was sure and he was he said that he hoped that I was sure and I was like yes <laughs> and the whole time I was like I'm just ready to say yes and I will <laughs> but I was like I, I can't until he actually asked me the question so I just was kind of sitting there bouncing waiting <laughs> for him to ask the question when he finally asked will you marry me I was like yes okay I can, I can finally say it. <laughs> but I was yeah I was I was very ready to tell him that I was yeah. ready to marry him also, also what happened until that moment, which made me want to propose so quick, or made me not want to wait a year, was my support had kind of climbed up to a point where it made that that easier. It made that more reasonable. And um, so, yeah, she said yes, and we started thinking, okay, what? when's our wedding going to be? What's it going to look like? We were starting to plan stuff. And we had this date figured out. And it was just a month. I didn't want a long engagement. She didn't want one either. Um so it was like enough time for families to make plans to be somewhere, mm-hmm. you know? And so our our thought was a month from then, or a little over a month. And she has a very big family, and it was kind of hard to kind of to make sure people could be there at this day. So we moved it further, and then that couldn't be done, so we moved it closer. That couldn't be done, so we started moving it further and further, and we're like, man, we don't want to do this. Like We just want to be married. <laughs> and her sisters got together. And even told her later, like, hey, if you guys just want to get married now, that's totally fine. And do something later. And one of the cool things that when we talked about a wedding was we agreed that, that like, we wanted this wedding to be um, an opportunity for the gospel. Because I have some family that I knew would be there, and I wanted them to hear the gospel. Yeah. And so I thought, man, if we get married now, that's going to, like, take that away. You know, I can't, I can't give that away. That, that, that I just really want that. And then also for our friends and family to be involved. So I had a friend of ours who got married um, quickly. Not not like bad quickly, but just quickly not planning a big ceremony. And then later on, a few months later, they had a ceremony. And so I talked to him and he was like, man, it was just as special. And everyone who we thought would show up showed up. And so after that conversation, if you, I called you as well also. Yeah. Um, a few other people, because like I said, I just really, wise counsel is very important to me. And so when I heard that, I was like, okay, this is doable. This is doable. Like, family will still be there. There will still be an opportunity for the gospel. 
Um, so we started <laughs> planning that. So yeah, we started, my I called my mom. She overnighted my birth certificate <laughs> to her house. Get and, that marriage license. Yeah, we got that marriage license. <laughs> waited twenty four hours oh. and got married at her house in Louisiana. And her wow. brother Sam, who's the director, is also a pastor. Or yeah, he's also a pastor, and so he performed our wedding. In I think it's room with her friends and family. I think it's great. Yeah, it, it's still shocking to me, you know. Obviously, <laughs> yeah. But what what I think is great about it is just you have two like there are two people here in each of you that just want to do something to impact people, and I think it's great that God brought you all together. Your story and how it works and how you guys met each other and the. I believe the the care that you guys took in your relationship, the way you handled, uh, you know, dating, is a way that a lot of people should look at and say, there are there are some important things to be noted on that, and that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah. But um, I want to kind of you know bring it to a close here and just kind of ask you guys, you know, you guys are married now and you guys have this desire to serve and walk with the Lord and your respective ministries, what's next? What are you guys looking at now? I mean, we talked about this question. Ultimately, uh, what we do is we want to be where God wants us to be. We want to follow him wherever that is. (laughs) And where we believe that to be right now is Grace Farm. Um, That is just very solid in my mind. Um, who knows, in 10 years, that could be somewhere else. But ultimately, we want to be where God wants us to be. And we believe right now that's Grace Farm. And um, so we're excited to see. It's hard to answer that question. Right. Because this is also new for us as well. Okay, married couple at Grace Farm. What does that look like? I know my responsibilities now, it's like, okay, what can Grace do? How can she fit in this ministry? Um, how can she use her gifts and her talents uh, for Grace Farm? So um, that's a new process for us to walk through <laughs> and to pray through. And uh, super it's great to, to do see. it together. Yeah, yeah. It's, I'm so excited <laughs> to see how that's gonna work. Um, but yeah, ultimately, it's where God wants us. And now that's that's big ministry. Yeah, that's and uh, like titles and everything. On a personal between her and I, we we love people, and we love hospitality, and we've had a lot of conversations about that about using our home, our our finances are what we have we want to use for people and um yeah so in our local church however that would look uh just to be a light there to be a help there in whatever way we can our youth group i think she's going to be a great influence on girls at our our church i'm super excited to see how that works out um encouragement we we're excited to be friends with some of like the young married couple at our church too <laughs> like we're just excited to see what all that looks like um but ultimately like yeah we want to use we want to be hospitable to people we want to serve people we want people in our home we want to house people we want to feed people and, and love on people is there anything you want to add to that um i feel like you covered it really well <laughs> <laughs> um no yeah like tyler said just like being where the lord wants us to be um he said earlier that like what's encouraged his walk with the Lord is his grace I mean his God's grace um and one thing that my brother has said about Tyler and um I've said as well and seen is he's a person that really understands God's grace and he lives by that um 
and he's very sensitive to the Lord. Um, so I'm very honored to be his wife because I like I, oh. I know that he'll he will be a good leader. Um, in that like like I'm I'm confident that like the Lord is gonna direct us, and I'm confident that Tyler's gonna be a good leader of taking us where the Lord has us. So wherever that may be, I'm looking forward to to seeing all that. Well, guys, I appreciate the time that you've given us to, you know, share your story, share your motivations with with people and our listeners. So, Tyler, can you maybe give us like a way to get a hold of you if somebody out there wants to support you? Yes. Uh, My email is super simple and it's (laughs) Tyler at GraceFarmOnline.com. If you want to reach me, it's that email, Tyler at GraceFarmOnline.com. If you want to find out more about Grace Farm or Focus Evangelistic Ministry, our website is gracefarmonline.com. Uh, and you can find a lot of information there. You can find links to our social media pages, all these pictures, all kind of information that you need to find out about our ministry. Um, our organization's website is freddycoil.org, and that's where you can find out more information about him and, and, and what Freddie does and, and, like I said, that parent organization. Uh, but if you want to reach us, that website is probably the best because any message that goes through there goes to, <laughs> goes to me, even if it's not my email. So gracefarmonline.com is how you can reach us. Sounds good. All right, guys. Well, thank you very much. And we look forward to checking in with you guys soon. What a great interview. It was so much fun to sit down with. Tyler, who's been my best friend for quite a while now, and to get to know Grace more, and even Kyla was on the show. (laughs) I know you couldn't hear her, but she was there, and we're just so thankful to know these two and to see their love for the Lord and how they want to serve. So next week, guys, Lord willing, we're going to have another interview for you. I'm not going to tell you their names yet because we're not sure which interview we're going to post, but keep praying for Calvary Connect. And if you haven't followed us, we're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. Ooh, it's thundering out here in Tampa Bay. Still beautiful though. But you can follow us on those platforms and Anchor as well. But we're just really happy about the show and what it's able to do. We're hearing people, you know, call in and they're writing and they're commenting on social media how much they love the show. So if you're interested in being on the show and sharing your story, send me an email, Martinez at gmail.com. That's Martinez at gmail.com. No I in my name, just J-E-S-S-E. And we'll reach out to you. We look forward to next week. See you soon. You've been listening to Calvary Connect with Jesse Martinez. Bye.